to Subtext and Discourse, a podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the art world with the unique individuals involved in the field. I'm your host, Michael Dooney, co-founder and director of independent contemporary art space, Jarvis Dooney. I hope everyone's going well as the quarantine is gradually being lifted. Here in Berlin, schools and businesses are slowly reopening as life attempts to return to normal. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with reluctant musician and independent filmmaker Josephine de Merliac, who recently completed her first feature-length production, La Soleil Brûle, which she wrote, directed, and also starred in. The trailer was released only a few days ago, and I've linked to it in the show notes, together with her previous short films and early video clips. We talk about her journey as an artist, the added challenges facing women in the industry, and the importance of staying true to yourself. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Josephine de Merliac. I was in high school um, and it was the year of my baccalaureate. Yes, my, my, my vocation, I don't know how to call it, for film has come from music. So I was playing a lot of uh, music, actually, uh, piano uh, and singing. Jazz, classic. I was really, it was my dream basically to become a, a, a professional pianist, but uh, it kind of evolved through time. And yeah, the first sort of milestone in terms of staging uh, was probably this musical that I did. So it was um, at the city theater beautiful theater we had such a luck that we could do something there and this was um, in burgundy or in paris yes exactly in burgundy uh and there yeah there were around 30 per- participants and so parallel to my studies we did this uh musical it was quite fun i i saw the there is a video of it somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah i had I was happy to see it in a way, but also kind of, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think things have evolved in, in the way I, I, I do stuff, but for sure it was clear that I had a strong passion for to join forces, to, mm-hmm. to make something with different talents. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, I like to collaborate with different people. Exactly. That is something. So the staging, to, to, to think about the... The story, the storytelling, the to think of all those things. Though I'm a bit more of a big picture person, I like to think about all those different things, and then to work with people who are specializing in whatever they are doing, and to do the casting, to try to work with the best people I know, and and things like that to research. Um, that is something that I I love doing, but it's when I realize. I love to also push people to create something together and to also highlight what they are capable to do. Yeah. And amid maybe um, something that is bigger than us. I don't know. I don't know if no, I explained no, exactly. it well. But and I think yes. um, it's come up in a few other conversations I've had yes. with other artists. That when you have more than one, more than one person contributing. Yes what you can come up with together is bigger than what you would have come up with exactly, on your own. Exactly, on your own. Yeah, I, I love to do that, I think. We say in French to have the belly bigger than the eyes, and I guess I'm a bit like that. And so it was part of the university. Was that what preempted you going to Berlin? Or was it always in your mind, I want to go to Berlin? Or never. No, never, yeah? <laughs> Not at all. So 
yeah, I was studying and I was really bad at German. <laughs> I had studied German like for eight years or more. And I was like, oh, damn, I can't say nothing. <laughs> I'm like really bad. I don't understand a word. I can't say nothing. It makes no sense. I've studied it for eight years. Damn. And so um, there were like those Erasmus programs, mm -hmm. which my sister had done also this, this thing and she recommended it to me. But yes, I thought maybe it's good to go to Germany then. Mm -hmm. But it was super random. I didn't even investigate. I didn't know shit about Berlin. <laughs> I didn't know it was a cool place at the time. I just thought, Anyway, you never know until you're there. So whatever, I'm lazy. I won't do research. I will just like <laughs> choose one place, whatever that is. Yes, when I came to Berlin, it was funny because I had no knowledge uh, whatsoever. I arrived at um, at Ostbahnhof um, Ostkreuz mm -hmm. because I had booked like uh, Jugendherberge, uh, like youth hostel, before to find a place. And there, it was really no man's land because yeah. there were, you remember, like building. It was, it looked like really random and it was raining a lot. There were nobody. It was night and I only met like very trashy, <laughs> punk, super uh, wild and, and, and with a big dog and very uncanny and, and wild look. And I was thinking, oh, oh damn, where am I? <laughs> also, prior to that, the Flugzeug, the, mm -hmm. plane, yeah, the plane, the plane had uh, lost my luggage with oh, no. everything. Like my whole life in my luggage was lost. And I go to Oskreutz and it's like no man's land. And I come to the Jugendherberg and I ask the guy, like, is there places I shouldn't go to? <laughs> and the guy, he just like laughed. So hard. <laughs> it was so funny because actually, yeah, Berlin is quite safe in the end, and you have less light than in Paris and things like that. But it's pretty chill out, so it was quite funny. And that was seven years ago then, or 2013? Yeah, even I guess 13. Yes, should be that. Yes, yes, I think you're right. And had you finished the economic studies then? So basically, I know you were here for Erasmus. Yes, for Erasmus, so I did the master uh, at the Freie Universität, and mm -hmm. then I came back to Sorbonne mm -hmm. to finish the master. So why did you decide to stay in Berlin and not go back to Paris or to go anywhere in France? Well, I really liked, enjoyed. I, I, don't, I didn't feel so at home uh, in Paris at all, actually. And Berlin, I, I could totally imagine myself. Maybe it's also, at first, also the stimulation mm -hmm. uh, when people don't understand your language. And also the nice thing is that when you don't feel very much at home where you live and you feel a bit of a misplaced person, then you better be really a misplaced. You know, like yeah. it's a normal thing to be misplaced or to be like kind of a weirdo in this context yeah. because you are actually an outsider. So in a way, it's reassuring, it's stimulating, and you know it's for the good reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that sense, maybe that's why. And also to be far, like to be very much autonomous, to be alone in this context. I don't have my family. I don't have some tights. So you can really get back to what you want to do, whom you want to be. And yes, I think it's in a way freeing yeah. to be abroad. It can be also a lot of constraints, a lot of difficulties. But on that side, whatever you are doing, it's because of you. It's because of yourself and what you want to achieve and things like that. So if you fail, well, 
your thing. <laughs> if you, well, whatever failure or success means, but I just mean that uh, it's a bit more your own ship in that way. I liked this idea. Yeah. But for you also. No, definitely. It's a little bit that novelty of being the different person. Yeah. That's how you're identified. Whereas if you're in amongst your yeah. own people, then you're just another person that's also from the same place. That is so. true. But this exotism can be good and bad. Yeah, yeah. it goes in yeah. both directions. But yeah. I think even maybe when you're trying to work out who yes. you are or what your identity True. is, sometimes having that out-of-cultural experience where yes. you're separate from everything. Yeah, you're like the actor of your own story mm -hmm. more. But it's funny, I wrote a... Well, I did a, a, an online magazine, Slough Magazine, like two years ago, like for a year and blah. And so it, the idea was to write freely about some things. And I wrote a text about like identity and I find it funny also this this idea of exotism exotism can be in you can feel it in a different family or in a different town or it doesn't need to be you need to live very far away from your home to feel this idea of exotism or but um, yeah what I find interesting is that very soon you are put into boxes yeah And that is cool in a way. It can be great. Sometimes it eases a lot of things. And sometimes it's also harder than to get back to your own identity because people have a certain few. Well, anyway, nobody can know you, you and you don't know yourself either so, ever really uh, thoroughly. Mm -hmm. But still, the more you have like differentiators, the more you will put, be put in a box in a way. And so that can be sometimes difficult. Um, I think it's also something that kind of appears in my last movie, uh, not very directly. It's funny because I did so a, a music video that were more engaged mm -hmm. in the, so La Bombe uh, was very much more engaged. Yeah. And in this last movie that I made, it's much less about a clear statement. But it still evokes some feelings of misplacement, uh, things like that. So of identity and this idea of being exotic and what it can bring. You feel it's at the same time, how to say, it can be a barrier. So uh, people don't really break these boxes and just can't get through you. And so it, it can be a bit dis dishumanizable, dishumanizing. 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 <laughs> Dishumanizing. Dehumanizing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Dehumanizing. Okay, well, we said, because you yeah. said about your upcoming film and your previous film, Yes. I went to your YouTube channel and to your Vimeo and I went through everything from the beginning. So the first things you uploaded were from 2013, yeah. which is when you came to Berlin. Is that when you started or when you felt like you had the time to really start producing your own output in terms of videos and productions? Mm, I think it was 2012 when I did my first music video that was sort of not official, but we shot with red camera. It was like 
big equipment, big production can mm -hmm. use nowadays. And that was in 2012. I was fairly young then. But okay, before that point, then it was more experimentation. I guess so. You didn't have a clear a plan. No, I didn't have a plan. But also because at first I wanted to be a musician. Directing wasn't necessarily a target. Uh, it came naturally. So I started by doing music, playing a lot. And then I was thinking, oh, let's do a music video for uh, that. So and the films were like a, a side effect of how to promote your music. Yes, in a, in a way. And always when I was playing, I had maybe some visual ideas. And so it evolved in that way. Mm -hmm. So were you recording your music a lot before? Um, I, I think I liked a lot of uh, self-confidence in music, uh, much more than in directing, weirdly, um, because I worked much more. I was had like much more passion towards it. Uh, but to music. Yeah, but then I think sometimes that's my problem. As soon as I get too passionate, then it kind of is a big flop. And not that I'm, f I was necessarily failing. I think I had my journey in this, but yeah. I don't consider myself as a musician just because. Maybe I sacralize it too much. I have no fucking clue. You have what? You... Sa um, sacralize it to sanctify or like to make it like uh, oh, okay. sacred. Yeah. Uh, your, your expectations of yourself are so high yes. that you think to be a musician, you need to have achieved this. Yes. I can't get to that point. Therefore, I'm not a musician. Exactly. Although you do play the piano and uh, do you compose? Like, because all of your video clips and films, you do a lot of the music. Yes, in some I do. I did. Sometimes I worked with uh, with some people. Sometimes I just did my um, something in or recorded myself at home. It all depends. I think the problem also with music is I think I have like sort of a vibe for it, very much so. Uh, but then I got lazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. Um, because even the other day. Although I play very little, I played and I got to know my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, you have a piano? I was like, oh, yeah, if it gets too loud, really uh, feel free to, to let me know. And he was like, no, no, it's all cool. And he asked me a question. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I will kiss him. <laughs> uh, he said, he asked me, like, uh, which composer is that? <laughs> Yeah. You were playing your own music. Yes, yeah, okay. I mean, not even my own music because at the moment I'm not even structured enough to say my own music. I'm just like improvising or doing some stuff. And he asked me that, so I was like, oh man. <laughs> that was quite funny. But yeah, no, I don't uh, consider me as a musician and that's why I like to work with musicians because they have much more structure around that and to be complementary. But the good thing is, I love, I love music, really, it's visceral. And so I really like to work with interesting folks and I have this understanding. So when I do a film, I sort of have a strong understanding of the creative process. Yeah. So I know sometimes it just, you don't get birth to the thing that you were supposed to get birth to. And so there are a lot of moments that are really difficult in the creative process where sometimes you just do three things and it works magically and sometimes it's just very laborious but when you are doing a film no matter if you get to it or not you need to produce because it's a collective work and so 
if there is a blockage, well, you still need to go further. So you need to be resourceful and find ways to find a solution and make something that resonates. Because the musicians you work with in your videos are amazing. Thank like you. some of the, I think, like the cellists and the yes. other guitarists. And oh, the, yes. They're really good. Yes, I know which one you mean. So that was later on. And we just like met up for one song. In music, I'm really good at improvising, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, no matter how good or bad or whatever, it's easy for me to just like sing along, for example. Yeah, because you sing on a lot of your things. Yeah. And that's what I also noticed. You're in front of the camera as much as you're behind the camera. I know. <laughs> I know that sometimes uh, people find it a bit unharming, I know, and this word, um, kind of weird, or maybe I had a lot of, not a lot, but some criticism. Oh, really? Why? Or what kind of criticism? Maybe because it feels a bit narcissistic, (laughs) (laughs) but I find anyway, art is very much narcissistic Mm -hmm. as a whole, whatever you're doing. So when I'm writing a story, it's also very narcissistic in a way because it's this thing of creation. Creation is the gut feeling and it's like it's all about you basically. And if you're not making it all about you, then it might not be sincere as well. Yeah, if you want it to feel authentic. Yeah, I think it's important to put a lot of yourself into what you're making and doesn't matter what you are doing. Because do you have, you go by Josephine, but also Zoo. Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> is Zoe your is that your, like your alter ego or is it a an alias that you use for your art? Yeah. How do you see that character? Well, I think at the beginning I had another name also before, but that kind of turned out to be a bit ridiculous, so I changed. Why? What was it? <laughs> Jojo Bull. <laughs> It's a bit like very uh, girly and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work so much anymore. But always I like to have a pseudonym because you kind of hide behind your pseudonym in a way. So um, you feel more free in whatever you're doing. Also, Josephine de Merliac is my name, but it's a stamp that was put onto myself. So choosing a pseudonym is also in a way more your thing more the identity you want to create for yourself and it's protecting yourself a lot so um yeah you're more free so i for example i i work also um in a company and uh i got already now the moments of almost harassment uh situation and and that's is not helping moreover if you like to work on on certain films. Well, as soon as you put your image on screen, it's complicated moreover for a woman. And yeah. if you touch to like sexuality, uh, male, female, so gender, all those thematics that are close to my heart mm-hmm. are even more at risk in a way. So, and if you want to be free and well, it's good also to sort of mm, dissociate both things. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I think think. in a professional sense sometimes. Yes. I mean, I've probably not the same as you, but I've had definitely experiences where when people find out, oh, you're doing this in your spare time. Oh, Uh, okay. How is that going to reflect on the company? Yeah. And you're like, none of your business. (laughs) Yeah, it shouldn't matter. It's like if I play sport on the weekend, I'm sure you don't care. But if you're putting your image out there into the public and you're projecting a certain persona or you're presenting a message. It's good to dissociate. And it's scary. And it's also like sometimes you think, oh, it's virtual. 
but your child has an impact on your psyche and mm-hmm. your feelings and all those things. And if even if you have the right distance and everything, it has an impact. And if I don't want to waste my energy on stupid comments or, or, or whatever, then maybe there are easy ways to just like separate so I think that's why also at the beginning it was the idea of it's my project what I'm making it's not necessarily who I am but what I am building so that's also it's like a startup some startups they don't necessarily have the name of their founder because it's what they are making and in that sense I think also as an artist it's not necessarily who you are but more what you want to create what you want to do what you what is your message Uh, yeah I guess you're the face of the brand yes but you are not the brand itself. No, it's what you're doing, yeah. But it's true, it's weird because in the um, in the arts, it's very confusing. It's very much about who you are and yeah, definitely. as a person. I mean, I don't know if it's always been that way, but certainly for quite a while, yeah. it's becoming more important sometimes yes. who makes the art, not what the art that they're making is. Exactly. And it's like, oh no, but who made this? Yeah. And that changes the meaning of it. There's an artist that we worked with, David Collins. He was telling me once that the feedback that he got to the images they thought that a female had made them. And then when he said, oh, no, I, I made the images, they said, oh, but hold on, you're a man. So, <laughs> yes. And it changed it for the, they're like, oh, actually, no, well, well, that changes everything then. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't just about the work. It was about the person that had created the work. To do. But it's been difficult for you then with like feedback from different people or it's been okay? Uh, well, there were some moments uh, not, so, not so nice. So those almost harassing situations. For instance, there is one uh, guy uh, who like stalked me online basically yeah. and had like a lot of juice <laughs> because of my uh, my films although I didn't know the man I started to make some uh, sexual remarks and like telling me about a lot of things about what I did in the past who I am so it got me a little bit scared oh I'm really sorry that wasn't the only time but then I went to my boss and he said well no wonder knowing what you have online and I was like "Uh, what the fuck is that so I just decided uh, maybe it's easier to split even stronger so basically this first intent that I probably didn't know would be useful was actually quite useful to really separate both I think it's nice and I think yeah for for women is or whatever gender um, no I think you're very right I think yes. definitely women have a much it's a bit more complicated it is much more complicated yeah yeah I think we've only really learned both my wife and I we've not really come across that with a lot of people and it's only been in the last couple of years and you realise wow we've been lucky to not encounter this up until now and you think this must happen to other people all the time it, d- it depends of course it's not like all the, all the time mm-hmm. but it can happen Often enough to put yourself down. Yeah, but you have to have it in your thoughts that yes. this is something that could potentially happen. Exactly. Whereas That's I suppose as a man, it doesn't even cross your mind. You don't think, oh, somebody might interpret this the wrong way. Yes, yes exactly. You're much more free. And it's important to keep this freedom, I think. Yeah. I mean, freedom, there, are, there is freedom and freedom, but in the things that you want to reach. For example, I am someone that is, I, I try to reflect a lot on what I want to say with whatever I am creating. And it's not necessarily always politically engaged, but still by little details, it has to be in a way or another. And I think that artists have a responsibility as artists because artists are influencing very much and so it's important to give 
material to reflect, uh, so it doesn't need to be necessarily politically correct, but still tackle the issues in the right way. Have you had to censor yourself? Or have you had moments where you thought, maybe I should do it this way instead of that way? There are moments, yes. For instance, in my film, my last film, so it's a, a feature-length uh, movie, fictional, and so I wrote the scripts. But how I like to make movies is also to incorporate a lot of improvisation. And so on set, it was very collaborative. Yeah, I, I think working, it's organic, a film no matter how you do it. And so I don't believe in the tyrannic uh, way of uh, <laughs> directing. But it's true, you know, like there are lots of directors who are like, yeah, I want it like that and it has to be like that. But mm, you will never have it like that because it's in your thoughts and the reality is always different. And so I, I like also, well, Derek Reckler is mm -hmm. also very much on this idea of uh, incidents. And I believe also very much in the idea of uh, not necessarily incidents, but um, aléatoire. What is the word? When it's random. Yes, when yeah. something can be created from random things. So it's a mix in my head. It's also like a message, uh, something that is random, and it's a bit of a mix of all those things. But so on the set, it was very much collaborative. And there were a moment when I was pushed to do something that I would never have written. And when I was doing it, I was a bit like, hmm, hmm, I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm the editor, so whatever happens afterwards, I can delete or, yeah, or yeah. continue. But then it turned out that I kept part of this moment in the film because even though it was against some of my beliefs and thoughts, I found it interesting and part of life, mm -hmm. though. So I like, uh, for example, in the movie, nobody has makeup on, uh, maybe me or some female characters, but not too much male characters either. So it's very much like equal in a way. And the main character, for me, it was important that it was a bit of a normcore character and she's so female character, but she's not too beautiful, not too not beautiful, not too successful, not too very much regular person. A sort of character that you can see very often in male roles, the anti-hero sort of uh, character. But for women, it's changing. But usually when it's a anti-hero, then she will be very big or it's still going to be at some extreme. extreme yes. Yeah. And that I didn't want. I wanted to have something a bit more subtle. So nothing special about her, basically. <laughs> so really, so that also a man or a woman could also identify to that character in a way. Sort of character that is also a bit invisible, actually. We just live through her experiences, but it's not too much about her. So that was my, my idea. And that we managed very much. And there is this scene where it's very much... Uh, sexy mm -hmm. <laughs> and so everybody was like yeah be more sexy because I'm playing in it also and I was like oh, yeah no mm -hmm. I don't feel like it at all and also in the back of my brain I was like what the fight oh I'm fighting again <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing to me but I let it go even though because I still think I still think the power of collaboration and and risking things and even if it brings me to places I don't want to to go in the end it's a very short sequence it's not like a huge thing but it's also interesting because in the end it showcases this aspect of her 
and we're not only plain. And sometimes we are sexy and sometimes we are really not sexy. And so it also brings back a sort of equilibrium and balance in this character, which isn't too bad. So, yes, yeah, sometimes I go places that at first I wasn't really for, but it's, it's nothing crazy. It's not like I will never do something that is totally against my beliefs. It's just something that evolves or makes me evolve in my the way I think and the way I conceptualize the work or because there is also <laughs> it's complicated a film can be written in very different ways and can be understood in many different ways so it's not like a truth you can still see if it vehicles wrong ideas or not well I was thinking that when I was watching it yesterday yes. because there were some of the scenes and you yeah. can even see with your expression and with the other people's expressions as well you can really feel what they're going through yeah. if you've been pushed into an uncomfortable situation yeah. then you're going to react the way that you would react if that was actually happening sure and if you got the rest of the crew they're like yeah come on this is good perfect but how is that then for you and everybody else yeah. I mean you're the main protagonist in the yes. film so it's mostly you yeah. and then a few other people but still feeling that pressure yeah that would have been really tough well actually I enjoyed it a lot like the whole thing I was really I embraced it uh, the whole journey of course there were moments of difficulties uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons also because I'm learning by doing always so there are moments of insecurity but you must have known before you were filming yeah. it that that was a scene to do uh, yes as I said it's very organic so I had I have a plan and then maybe on set, it kind of evolves. Okay. So we have a goal, but then we try out things around that mm -hmm. uh, sin or idea. Would you say that your feature length is the result of what you've been working yeah. towards? I don't know if I want to call them gender identities, but you yeah. do certainly play with male-female exchange yes. and dominance and submission. A lot of the other videos were to accompany music. When you went then to La Bombe, yes. was that the first step towards fiction or towards a narrative, like a story? I think I love the narration. I love. I really wanted to do a feature length because you have more time to go through the psyche of the characters and you can more develop a story. As soon as you have a shorter format, it's much more difficult. Because Le Bomb was yes. your longest up until now. So all the other ones were two or three minutes. Some of them were shorter. Le Bomb was six or seven minutes. Yes. And your feature is a feature. It's 90 minutes long, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 90. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it's getting longer and longer. <laughs> no, it is, it's really, you've, you've skipped like the middle part. You haven't yes. made a short film. Yes, or a medium. Like that. That's true, yeah. Why I didn't do in between? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to do a fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I find either you have time to get through the psyche of the mm -hmm. uh, characters. Or you don't and it's more of an art thing, like more of an experiment. Yeah, because that's what I felt when I was watching them. I didn't know yes. before I went through from yes. beginning to end, yeah. not just the film, but everything that you've uploaded. I didn't know if I was going to be watching video art, like yes. for want of a better word, or video clips or short movies. And sure. it's kind of touches on each yes, of them a I little know. bit, but you wouldn't say, okay, this is an art film that's going to go no, into, a, yeah. like into a specific box. Yeah. Like, what is it for you that's your... Main thing. Yeah, what do you want the viewer to take from it? Well, that's the thing. I, 
probably also because I'm exploring. Um, I'm not yet sure which path and you need to work hard. Like I worked very hard even on the edit. I never edited such a long film before, uh, but it was a great learning. It's what, uh, for me, it was also a way to learn. Uh, I really wanted to do that because I, I am very romantic person and I like poetry. So it's more like my artsy side, but I, I am really romantic and I like when I watch movies or whatever. I come from an arty family, but I also like to watch things that work. I like narratives, whatever that is. A photograph can be a narrative, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't need to be a succession of um, a film. But I, I, I want to do something that is entertaining, where everybody can watch. In the end, I think what I do is still very indie. Yeah. Because I realize actually the things that I think are super easy and that yeah. are maybe not that easy and mass. But still, I want to do something super entertaining that's the most people could watch. And yeah, that's, that's also what I want to do. But yet I do things that are sometimes very much free and experimental and I don't care what is marketing, what mm -hmm. works well at the moment or not, what people want to watch or not. But I believe in art that people can connect with, even though it's not their source at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I know, no, so, so juice. No, I know what you mean. So, how much have you got to go then with your film? You're still editing, or you're still? It's, it's almost done. But then there are like things around it. Subtitling is almost done. Making of trailers, things like that, and then to apply to festivals. Very unknown field yeah. for me, even though I I know a bit the process with festivals because La Bombe was at the Berlin Music Video Awards. Yeah, how was the reception actually to that? Yeah, it was great actually. It was really nice. I was super happy and lucky, and it's super interesting because it was very feminist video. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, the people who supported this video are the opposite of. No, not the opposite of feminists, I'm, I'm saying bullshit. <laughs> but still, like the feminist associations that we send it to, like all the um, organizations that support women and blah, they didn't want to help or oh, to really? screen it or do. Uh, although some of them said, oh yeah, great, great, great. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't want to have any no. involvement with it. Because I think it's very... Um, how to say, like very little uh, networks, uh, not necessarily super open to newcomers. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Um, may you have a pussy or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, as everywhere, very close. And also the thing is, the film, it's not perfect. I admit this video isn't perfect at all, but I think it still transmits what I wanted to transmit. And this thing that I wanted to transmit is sort of... So you have provocation. It's really interesting because I did this video because I was fed up of all those very misogynist music videos mm -hmm. that are um, seen as very provocative, but actually you've seen it many times over and over again as a big repetition since years, since, decade, since decades. And it's not anymore provocation, but you feel like it's provocation because you're going further into the perversion. 
it's really interesting because you have a model that you think is uh, new and original, but actually it's just the repetition of the same social and cultural pattern. And this video, in a way, is a bit going against that. So basically, yes, the man is being raped. But the difference between this bit of video and videos that we saw at the time where you had also the, this role reversal is that in this case, it's not funny. It's not um, ironic. Yeah. It's very much sincere and serious. Yeah, it's really serious. And yes. I think when you watch it as well, because it's so unexpected, yes, it really hits you when you're watching it. You're like, whoa, that's heavy. Exactly. It's heavy. And that's the originality of it. Even though it's very subtle, mm -hmm. this originality, because it's very fine and very silent in a way. But this is too much. And I think for a lot of people, this is too much. And they didn't want to take the risk to share it. Moreover, from someone that is unknown. So, mm, no. Because it's a bit provocative, but really, even though if it's done silently. Yeah, I think no more than what we see as regular music yes. clips anyway. Like some of them are really quite Trashy. graphic. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. It's graphic, but it's in the role reversal that makes it a bit like, hmm, too risky, I think. Yeah. So I've been, I suppose I've never really, um, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've not really deconstructed it yes. in that way, thinking, okay, how different is this? Yes. If it was the other way around, what we're yeah. used to seeing anyway. I guess that narrative isn't ever presented. So when you do see it, it is quite confronting. Yes. But I think it's kind of surprising that none of the feminist groups no, or the pro-women groups at all. that you appro approached. Said, not even a share, not even a like, <laughs> nothing. Really, it's crazy because even though it's not perfect and I admit it, still, you know, it's going in the same direction to try to think about those things and to try to disconstruct, to understand better. And all the discussion I had with a lot of people, male or female, it was mostly male also, who was always super interesting because they were, oh, yeah, mm, I didn't see it in that way. It's true that it was moving me or something. So even though it's not a perfect clip, I, I think that people could relate to it and understand the idea behind it. So, yeah, but then Berlin Music Video Awards, they uh, selected it, which was super uh, cool. Um, yeah. I'm super happy they, and super grateful um, they did. And I think, but why I said the opposite, it's not the opposite because they are also very much um, inclusive uh, when it's about gender. And I think they want to talk about those uh, issues, but it's also very, you see, they're also very trashy, misogynist things because they are so open. And so when you are open, you also, as a sponge, get what exists. And what exists is very, very much like for 90% of what there is online is very strongly misogynist. But the quality of the production is great. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so, so then you will see them in those kind of festivals. But it was funny for us because we're super happy we had this chance. And it was the best experience to have this film in such um, cleaving, cl cleavaging. I don't, know. Um, I don't know. I guess in that kind of forum, really. Yes, uh, like, award ceremony, or like something that is splitting or uh, contra. You, you saw the opposites there. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's divisive. 
And exactly. Splitting audiences. Exactly. And that was great. That was yeah. super nice. And we had like a talk on stage oh, and blah. Cool. So yeah, that was great because we could also express our point of view. For once, you can be sort of heard on things that you feel not really at ease with. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's nice to have the possibility to express that. So how was the response at the festival? Or when you had this panel, what kind of questions were you getting from the audience? Well, when you're doing a music video, it's also to get visibility for the band, things like that. So you have also a lot of uh, money-making strategies that are not necessarily always uh, very social-minded. And so I think it was also the thematic of this speak to talk also about it, to have a bit of distance with what we are consuming every day. And uh, yeah. So they are also playing with your weaknesses, basically the weaknesses of the society and misogyny cells. Or it's the belief we have. I think other things can sell. Yeah. I don't think uh, you need necessarily to show tits to sell, but this is very much uh, deeply in our minds that um, many people think that. But it also does the contra, uh, contra effects. So I won't say, I won't buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think more and more women are a bit like whew, disgusted by such. Um, Politics. I think we need to reinvent the spectrum and have something that is more inclusive and more respectful. And you can do something provocative. I think also, like, when you really do something provocative, then maybe it shouldn't work. <laughs> oh, it shouldn't work? I think so, because if it works so well, then maybe it's not that provocative, oh. you know? Maybe already everybody agrees on that, or everybody, you know, it's already something that has been eaten several times. Because when you think about lots of great innovators, Galilee, or they were uh, murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were not like uh, yeah. They weren't celebrated. Successful, no. <laughs> they were not successful, and yet there were great minds and uh, helped us as a society to evolve to to the better. So I think success is very relative, but it's important to yeah to be faithful to your beliefs. I hope you enjoyed the insights to Josephine's creative process and her experiences putting her work out there. You can watch the trailer for her debut feature, Le Soleil Brûle, on her Vimeo account, which I've linked to in the description, together with the other topics we spoke about and related social media. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favourite streaming platform of choice. And feel free to get in touch about this or previous episodes if you wish to know more or just say hello. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes released every second Monday. Until then, stay healthy and take care. My name's Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.